0: All right, so this morning we're in um, Paul's letter to the Galatians. We're in Galatians chapter 4. We'll be covering the second half of this chapter. And uh, the the title of this morning's message is A Child of Freedom. A Child of Freedom. Again, Galatians chapter 4, verses 21, actually through 31. The second half. All right. It's awesome. I, I love to hear pages turning. I know. You know what? This is not a Bible. So you know. <laughs> this is the <a> Bible. <laughs> no, but I use this too. So <laughs> and I'm, I'm just joking. I know this is, this is great because it, it's, you have it with you everywhere, right? And, and I love it because you can... You, the Lord brings to your remembrance certain portions of Scripture... And I love how how it is that you can look them up on your phone quickly, just like that. You can bring them up, and um, so it can be used as a great tool. And I would encourage you, if you don't have a Bible app on there, I know U uh, Uverse is it Uverse or Uversion um, is a great app. Um, you can pull it up, and you can get all kinds of different translations on there. So please turn or click on Galatians chapter four. And starting verse 21, we're just going to read a few verses here to get uh, an introduction to what we're studying. The Apostle Paul writes, "'Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise.'" Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning asking, Lord, for your blessing, for, your, for you to give us understanding, for you to teach us, Lord. May your Holy Spirit um, bring to the surface that which we need to uh, understand, Lord, to apply to our own lives and to really uh, know what it means to walk in the freedom of Christ, um, knowing that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, not by works, lest any man should boast, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. But that we would know, really, what the Apostle Paul was making every effort to help the Galatians know at this time, that they would walk in your grace, not in the law. Law, we know, was a, was a tutor. It was, it, it was what kept the Israelites up to that point, but it, in no way, shape, or form would bring them to salvation. For we are justified by faith, not by works of the law. And so, Lord, help us to walk in that freedom. Oh, help us to realize that in in, in our own lives, Father, that as we do walk in obedience to you, it's not for salvation, but it's simply because we're responding to the love that you have demonstrated to us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's not to gain favor but it's simply to demonstrate our love to you. And so, Lord, be with us this morning. Again, help us to understand what we have before us. And we commit this time of study into your hands. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the decision to live under the freedom of grace or under the letter of the law was a decision that the Apostle Paul was giving to the Galatians. Even though his heart was burdened for them, ultimately, it was for them to exercise their own free will, and, and we today are in the same place. As the Apostle Paul uh, writes, really what we need to understand, and I always address the Apostle Paul, we know, was the human author as he, the Lord used his, his hand and his pen and, and all of that, but we know that it was, these are the very words that have been breathed out by God. And that's really what we want to come back to and understand that these are the very words of God to us as church today. Because it is God's will and God's desire and God's character that we are holy just as He is holy. That we understand that we are saved by grace, not by following the law. The law has its purpose and had its purpose, but it led us to that point to where we understood that It's a futile attempt to seek to gain righteousness, be justified by the law, because we know we always fall short, right? And so the Lord is speaking to us, just as he spoke to the Galatians then. And he was pleading with them, please hear the heart of God. He doesn't want you to be wrapped up in legalism. He wants you to be wrapped up in His grace. So this is ultimately an exercise of our own free will. We we can choose to receive. We can choose to reject. Right? This situation was very difficult for the Apostle Paul. As he saw how they were being fooled into thinking legalism was something necessary. You know, at the very beginning of the letter, we, we saw how it was that... There were the Judaizers that were coming in and requiring of the Christians in Galatia, the church there, um, to follow the law. And so it was heavy on Paul's heart. Because they were being fooled into thinking that legalism was something necessary, and even good on the part of the Galatians who at one point had known and understood the gospel that Paul preached and taught them, and that they at one point were actually living out in their own lives according to grace. Paul has expressed himself saying that he was astonished. These are some words that he used. He was astonished that they had so quickly deserted him uh, who had called him in the grace of Christ And we're so quickly turning to a different gospel if if there is any such thing as a different gospel. Which there isn't. Paul said, referred to them as foolish Galatians. And asked them, who has bewitched you? Who has put a spell on you? That's that's the way they came across, like as if they were in a spell, in a trance, so to speak. Trance. And that was in Galatians 3.1. And then in Galatians 4.20, the apostle Paul said... (coughs) I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed by you. And, and you see, his heart is being poured out. I, I'm I'm astonished. I'm I, I'm just set back. I'm perplexed by you. And so Paul was explaining to the Galatians what the difference was between being under the law and being under the covenant of grace. It was. Paul was earnestly asking them to take a step back and see what they were doing and to see it for what it was. Paul knew they were children of freedom in Christ, and that's what he was calling them to. But they were insisting on living like children of that which enslaves children of the law. We've, we've covered that, right? The last couple of weeks, in fact, every single Sunday up to this point, the apostle Paul is just continuing to, to beat this, Right? And I think the church today needs to hear it more than ever before. You know, we, 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 have, this, we have the same inclination, don't we? Sometimes we require it of each, uh, it, of each other to, a certain, to the point to where we, we don't realize it, but we're setting up standards for one another. Like, listen, if we were to let that down a bit, not that we don't follow sound doctrine, okay? Don't get me wrong. But that if we had a little bit more compassion, a little bit more grace, we were patient with each other and helped each other along with that same grace, love, and compassion, and patience that God shows us, we would be much better off as a church. Not to overlook sin, but to help people through those times. Paul wanted nothing less for them to walk in this freedom that they have come to know in Christ. Not to walk as children of slavery in the law, according to the law, but according to grace. Even though the Apostle has been expressive emotionally, he's trying very hard to make sure the church in Galatia understood What they were doing, as some were being fooled into living under the law by putting before them the Old Testament Scriptures. This is what he was doing. Oh, you want to go back to the Old Testament Scriptures? I'll put them before you and and, and ask you the question, have you not been listening to them? Have you not paid attention? Who else was not paying attention to the Old Testament Scriptures? The Apostle Paul, right? Right. If anyone knew what it was to be blind to that which was right in front of him this whole time, I mean, he was a star student, right? Oh, he was a great student of Gamaliel. And so if anyone knew how it was that he was being blinded, it would be him, wouldn't it? He wanted nothing less than for the brothers and sisters in Galatia to live in God's grace. That, that's how God wants us to live: live in grace, with a this uh, a light burden and an easy yoke in Christ. To not be so caught up in the ABCs, the one, two, threes, you know the <laughs> the steps that we need to follow. This and that's it. You know what? Let's give it our be- best effort. Continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and uh, and grow and mature. And help each other along. But now, (coughs) Paul having known what it was to live according to the law, now he understood what Jesus came to do. And he wanted everyone to walk in that grace of Christ, forgiven and free. Um, Galatians chapter 1 verses 3 through 5, which is his introduction. He says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Even in his introduction, he was leading up to what what he covered in the rest of the letter. So Paul desired that the Galatians walk as children of freedom, and so it is with us today the very same thing. So two sons. First of all, he pointed out two sons, verses 21 through 23, as we read, tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. So the first thing he does is point out, I know, the Jews, they're very proud of being sons of Abraham. No? They do, they would brag about it. We're we're sons of Abraham. Yeah, but the Apostle Paul was bringing to the remembrance. Remember, Abraham had two sons. Two sons. He was bringing that to their remembrance. Because in verse 21, he's clearly addressing those who have been convinced to follow after the law. Uh, Those that he addressed in uh, the beginning of chapter 3 as foolish Galatians. The ones that that had been fooled. It is as if among us there were some who insisted that we observe uh, observe certain laws, certain regulations, but not all of them. So we pick and choose, and we shouldn't do that, right? We have to understand that which has been now fulfilled in Jesus Christ as we look at the New Testament. And that's very important for us to, to come to fully understand uh, the Apostle Paul had a, a, uh, addressed an exchange between he and Peter on the issue of what the Lord calls clean, do not call unclean, right? And he had this vision. And remember that it was the custom of the Jews um, to look at, at uh, Gentiles as being unclean. They had no interaction with the Galatians whatsoever. They, they, they considered them just gross. right? If They touched them they wouldn't even come around them. Let alone if one was, had been robbed and beaten and left for dead on the side of the road, they would go right by him. Right? And they even took pride in that, in those types of things. But there, there had been, and up to this point, and remember as we went through the Gospel of John, how was it I pointed out that, that the Lord Jesus even clarified so many things that the Jews had been, been teaching up to that point, And had been interpreting wrongly. They had gotten it wrong. Remember that? Going through. Time and time again. Many works did Christ fulfill on what day? On the Sabbath. And so he would break with Jewish traditions of not lifting a finger on that day. And so Jesus was clarifying a lot of things. And letting them know that... Much was fulfilled in Christ. That, that lightens the burden, doesn't it? That's the easy yoke that Jesus talks about. And so Paul referred them to the Old Testament law to help them understand that, uh, uh, what it had to say about being children of freedom. Because the Judaizers who were fooling the Galatians to follow the law were very proud of being children of Abraham. And so Paul explained to them, again, I want to hold up two fingers. Paul, it's as if he was writing this letter and he was, he was holding up two fingers. Two, two, don't miss this. Please don't miss this. One of the flesh and one of the spirit. One slave and one free. And Paul asked them this question. Have you listened to have you paid attention? It, it's, it's a question that he had already been asked. It's a question that had already been answered for him. Oh, there's so much in the Old Testament that points to the New. The New is... is uh, the Old Testament is fulfilled in the New. And you look at how it comes together and you realize oh, it's, been, it's been there the whole time, all the way through. It's beautiful. So he was asking them if they had really listened to what the Old Testament had to say. Why? Because this they knew. They knew the Old Testament. And Paul took them back to Genesis 16. The story of Abraham, Hagar, Sarah, Ishmael, and Isaac. He took them back to, for us, that chapter. It wasn't broken down into chapters at that point, but... For us, we know it as Genesis chapter 16. And he referenced in this portion, Genesis 16, 17, and also chapter 21. And so Paul draws a contrast between the two sons that had been born to Abraham. One came from the slave woman and the other came from the free woman. And they knew this. They could nod their heads and, and say, Amen, yes, we know the story. The one from the slave woman was a son of the flesh. Amen. Yes, I understand that. While the one from the free woman was a son of promise. It was in Genesis 15 that God had promised Abraham to make his offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven. This I find interesting, right? Because Abraham, even at this point, back in Genesis 15, just the previous chapter. As God told him, he brought him outside, had him look up at the stars, and he said, as you can not number the stars that you see in the sky right now, so it will be with your offspring. So it will be. Nabraham, even at that point, had told him, but I have no children. I have no offspring. But I do have a servant in my home, perhaps through him. Perhaps to Eliezer. And the Lord said, no. In fact, He said in Genesis 15:4, this man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. <laughs> so even then, God corrected Abraham. You know, we always want to figure things out for God, don't we? Perhaps you've done that this last week to where <clears throat> it's just not working out. And so let me figure it out for you. Let me help you, God. You know, and then, and then maybe you can help me after that. It, it, I find it amusing when we think, God, you know, I have it up to this point, you know, and after a certain point, when I can't handle it, then, then take over, God. It's like, no, it should be all the way through, <laughs> right? God, God, please help me now. And all the way through. Please tell I'm in desperate need of your help. I need your wisdom, your discernment. I, I, I need you through this whole whatever it is that, that you're dealing with, right? Well, Abraham was human, just like you and I. Father Abraham. And even he was thinking, okay, Lord, as numerous as the stars in the sky, okay. Well, here's Eliezer. He said, no, not Eliezer. In fact, all those people, all that offspring, will come from your very own loins. They'll come from you. That's what he meant by, by him coming from Abraham, not from anyone else. N- nobody else. But then Abraham and Sarah became impatient. It didn't take long. A few years later... In Genesis chapter 16, for us it's short, right? But some years later. And they came up with a great idea to help God out. Again, you know, Abraham wanted to help God out before when he first made that promise to him. And he he says, Eliezer, no. And then so they, they, uh, you know, Sarah came up with a great plan. Perhaps Hagar, my maidservant. And Abraham's like, great idea. Let's do it. And so, they had Ishmael through Hagar. Now, this is what Paul was referring to as far as legalism was. This is a child of the slave woman, child of the flesh. He was making this contrast. And for the people in that day... Because they were were very very familiar with the Old Testament, they they could understand it. Mm. Okay, as he was explaining this. It's like I, I can just imagine the picture coming into focus, right? Some people starting to sit back in their seats a little bit. Ooh, this is this is getting good. Man making an effort to help God in his promise. He doesn't need any help. Uh, and this is what being a child of the flesh is. They were both children of Abraham, but one was of the flesh and the other of promise. He was making that distinction. He was, making, he was, he was trying to help them understand and see this right before them through this story of Abraham and Sarah, Hagar, Ishmael, and Isaac. Sarah did conceive, and she was very old, wasn't she? She was, uh, well, as far as conceiving, she was as good as dead. How old was she when she conceived? Do you remember them? Ninety. Ninety? Any of you, ninety? You ready? Here comes Isaac, right? Wow, ninety years old. How old was Abraham? Hundred hundred years old. And God did did fulfill his promise. And it was truly miraculous. He had made this promise to Abraham back in Genesis 16 and he made good on it. God is faithful to his word. We just need to wait on him. Waiting on the Lord is a sure thing. That's why our hope is certain in him. Paul was bringing this story to their attention, letting them know that there are indeed two sons that were born to Abraham, but one was a son of the flesh, and the other the son of promise. And he was making this distinction. And then he goes on in verse 24, and he explains a little more. He says, now this may be interpreted allegorically. Oh, okay. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. there are more Christians than there are Jews. That, that's awesome. This brings forth and reveals this promise right here. And so it is. But what he's saying here is, he's bringing them to the point to where they understand what it means to be born from above. Born from above. Paul was helping them understand by providing this illustration from the Old Testament to make his point of the difference between law and grace. Two covenants that he was referring to. There were two covenants. One was made on Mount Sinai. They were very familiar with that. Oh yes, that is when God gave the law to Moses. Yes, okay, we know that. And that which is the law Paul had already addressed, saying that those who were given to the law... Live by the law, and we're slaves of the law. In this one, he says, this one remember the two women? This one is Hagar. This one is Hagar: children of the slave woman who produces children that are enslaved, children of the flesh. And again, remember that Paul had already explained to them that the law was to serve to keep them until the law of grace came. So then, as as he said in chapter 3, verses 24 through 26, the apostle Paul had written in leading up to this point, he said, so then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian, for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. Through faith. Not keeping the law, but through faith. You see, Jerusalem was producing children of slavery that depended on the observance of the law for their righteousness. But the law could never produce righteousness, and that's what he had already explained up to this point. Only further enslave them and bring them in a, into a position of futility. So again, he was he's, he's wanting, to make, he's wanting to drive this, this point home. Make sure that they fully understood, that they grasped this very well. But the Jerusalem above, oh, the abode of God, heaven, this is where children of freedom are born from. And it is through Christ's finished work on the cross that it was made possible. Not the law. This is... this is fulfillment this is grace this is what was explained to Nicodemus by Jesus in John 3 3 Jesus answered him truly truly I say to you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God born again is more accurately and literally translated born from above interesting oh look at what the Apostle Paul is writing to the Galatians Oh, there is one who brings forth a birth that is from above. Not out of Jerusalem, not from the law, not from the observance of it, but from above. In fact, let's turn in our Bibles to John chapter 3. I want to read through this with you. I know I explained a little bit about it the other day, right? But John chapter 3, and I, I just want to read through this, because this is something... Now, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and, and he was a ruler of the Jews. In fact, he was um, not just a teacher, but he was the teacher. And so he was one that had not only been ordained as a priest, but he was also one that had um, taken leadership uh, in one of the um, seminaries, you could say, one of the schools that taught other rabbis, that ordained other rabbis. And so he was, he was not just a teacher, he was the teacher. And so the teacher came to Jesus, and he had these questions for him. Now in John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And it, it's, it's, it's a great exchange to so where Nicodemus, the teacher, Came to Jesus, and Jesus explained to him how it was that one is to be born from above in order to know the kingdom of God. That's the only way. And here's Nicodemus, and here's the Apostle Paul. They both knew the law very well. Saul of Tarsus thought it was by the law. Nicodemus also thought it was by the law. By the way, Nicodemus is one of two people. Uh, Who was the other gentleman that came and asked for the body of Jesus and buried him? Joe. (laughs) Joe. Joseph of Arimathea, right? Yeah. Nicodemus, too. So Nicodemus, at some point, came to believe and understood and know exactly what Jesus was talking about. And he was the teacher of the law. Oh, he understood. I, I talked to you about uh, the fact that the Jews were very familiar. So the fact that, that uh, you know, Nicodemus came to Jesus at that time, and there's, there's six ways that a Jew could be born again, right? Uh, to become king, conversion, bar mitzvah, right? Uh, rite of passage into adulthood, uh, marriage, uh, being ordained, and being, becoming the teacher, becoming head over um, one of the schools of rabbis. In in those six weeks, they they knew that very well. This is historically known. This is documented. And so that's why Nicodemus, as he came to Jesus, was asking, "I'm, I'm beyond all that. How can someone in their old age be born again? He says, oh, you must be born from above, just like everyone else, in order to know the kingdom of God. And so Jesus explained to Nicodemus, All of this, that he also would come to understand that no one will ever know spiritual freedom being set free. No amount of law observance will get them any closer to God. It is only by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So, there are two sons. One is free, and to be free, he must be born from above to be a child of freedom. And lastly, the Apostle Paul continues And he says, now you, in verse 28, now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so also it is now. But what does the Scripture say? And then he refers to Genesis chapter 21. Cast out the slave woman and her son. For the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. So, again, the Apostle Paul is referring to Scripture that they were already familiar with. I was referring to Genesis chapter 21, bringing them through. Each person who has surrendered to Jesus as Lord and Savior, who has asked for his grace to cover their sins and received Jesus by faith, are children of promise. And so the Apostle Paul was encouraging them. You who are here listening are children of promise. You're not children of the flesh. But you are children of promise. And Paul is offering this word of encouragement to them and exhortation and that which they are to respond to, to act, act on now, with all the knowledge that you have up to this point, he's telling them, it's time for you to act, to respond. Again, in Genesis 21, Isaac, the son of promise, was born, and it was at that time that the slave woman and her son were cast out. You can go back to Genesis chapter 21 and, re- and read it for yourself, but it was at that point, okay, the slave woman along with her son were, were both cast out, and this, was, this is what Paul was referring to. Paul's now asking the Galatians to act on what they've been reminded of, and he had explained very well, right? It's like at that point, at the point where you know the whole truth, you no longer can claim ignorance. You can't. I remember going out witnessing um, some time ago, and someone, they were, they were so mad at me. They were so angry because they told me, you need to get back in your car and leave. Because what you're doing is causing the people to know, and therefore, they have no choice but to respond one way. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not the one that condemns them. It's like, what are you talking? Do you, you don't understand the grace of God. You know, what we're, what we're bringing is, is the gospel, the good news, God's grace. And he says, yeah, but then they'll be accountable. <laughs> we're, we're all, you know what? We're all going to be accountable one day. And I hope that more of us go out and tell people we're going to be held accountable. But this is God's grace offered to all mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. There's another name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's just Jesus Christ. Believe on him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, not by works lest any man should boast. Right? So you can't do enough to get into heaven. No amount of, quote unquote, good works. Nothing. Nothing. I I, I hope more people go out and tell other people that. It's it's basic, but it's the truth. And it's a way to know being born again from above. the Apostle Paul was forcing the Galatians to act on what he had just explained. By the way, there was no moment to pause or pray about it because Paul made it abundantly clear and it was time to respond. To say i got to pray about it is to say I reject it. I could look back on my life and, and, and I can tell you without hesitation that there, there, were, there, were, there were years where I was saying, well, I've got to think about it. I'm not ready. In other words, I reject. I don't believe. I don't want it for myself. Therefore, I remained in my own sin, and I was condemned already. I know the truth now. And was, It was at the point, and I thank God that he, it, my life did not end at that point. I thank God that he brought me to a point to where I, I saw it for what it was, and I understood God's grace. And I understood forgiveness, and I, and I understood being a child of God, just simply surrendering my life to him. That's how I, I came to know eternal life in, in him. Forgiveness. I thank God for that. So there's no moment to pause or pray about it because it was it's abundantly clear. Paul told him that the legalists, those of the flesh, would give those who are born of the Spirit a hard time. That still happens today. Those who insist on the law give those who insist on the grace a hard time, don't they? They insist that if they don't observe the law, then they are condemned. It's like, no. doesn't say in the Bible, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Does it not say that? Tell me, church, does it not say that? Yeah, so that's, that's a, oh, there's that freedom, right? We're not free to use that to sin, but we are free from trying to gain any righteousness by our works. That's just a, a lightness. That should put a skip in your step. Right? Joy in your heart. Hope. Encouragement. Strength. Oh, I can get through this. I can get through that. Why? Because that which awaits me, oh, far exceeds anything that I could even mention here on earth. It doesn't compare. In fact, I don't even want to mention it. I just want to look forward to the glory that awaits me. No, for, for us, remaining in our sin is condemnation and rejecting the grace of God in Christ. It's interesting that Hagar and her son Ishmael were able to remain in the home until Isaac was born. Genesis chapter 20, 21. They remained in the home. The son of promise came and then both the slave woman and her son were cast out. Cast out. And that's what the Apostle Paul was referring to here. It's time for... The slave woman and her son did. Out the door. Why? Because there are, there, there are true inheritances for those, or the true inheritance is for those of, of the children of the free woman. The sons of promise, not for those of the slave woman. We don't inherit God's promise by the flesh, by works, but by faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen? Ephesians two 8, nine For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing; it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. You see, if we follow the law and we do that, then we can boast about it. Oh, I like the Pharisees, right? They would brag about what they did. Oh, we've done this, we've done that. Um, we we fast two three times a week. You know, and and they bragged about those things. We are keepers of the law. But not in grace. You can't brag about anything. So therefore, cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman, is what he was telling them. In other words, you can't mix being a child of freedom and a child of enslavement and think they will both lead you to inherit what God has promised. can't do it. God doesn't make that possible. God's promise of freedom and forgiveness by grace is only known through faith in Jesus Christ. If anyone knew what it was to try to earn their way into heaven, it was the Apostle Paul. And he was making every effort to help the Galatians understand God's grace in Christ. Do we understand it? I I think he's made it abundantly clear, no? And if we insist on, on doing things our own way, then we're rejecting what God has really clearly explained to us through His Word. A child of freedom is based on a relationship based on trust and faith in Jesus Christ, not keeping the law. Very basic. A child of freedom inherits everything in Christ and is joint heirs with Christ of the riches of God. Everything He offers to us. I pray that we are encouraged by that, that we understand God's grace. I've referred to the point of my salvation, and as I've told you before, I feel like I'm only beginning to learn what it is to walk with the Lord, to, to begin to walk in the fullness of Christ having a greater desire to bless and glorify Him. To be at peace with the Father. To to realize that in my own life. And to desire that for for everyone else. I I feel like I'm just beginning to come to, to, like beginning to understand that. And it's interesting because I've been walking with the Lord for, for a few years. So I ask each and every one of you. Do you know that peace? Do you know that joy? Do you know that hope? Do you you know what it means to truly walk in God's grace? Not be burdened with, with anything that you ought to do in order to gain favor with Him. But just know that you're children of freedom. Do you know that? Do you desire that? If you don't know that, then all you have to do is ask God, number one, for forgiveness. Number two, ask Him that He would just pour out His Spirit out upon you. That He he would show you what it means to walk with Him in that liberty, that freedom. And that He would help you to draw away from anything that is hindering you from walking with Him in that way. If anyone is here and you do not know what it means to be forgiven by God... It's this. Jesus came. He was sent to die in your place on the cross to pay for the sins that you have committed up to this point and will commit. And all you have to do is surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Ask him to be your Lord, your Savior. And ask him to help you. To know him better and to learn to walk with him. To live life as a blessing and glorifying to him. It's just a surrender. And I, and I hope that today is the day of salvation for you. That you do not reject. That you do not pause. But that you take this time and surrender your life to Him. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your consistent and continuous offering of salvation through Jesus Christ. We are only saved through Jesus Christ, and it is by grace. Thank you, Lord, that it has nothing to do with any effort on our behalf. Lord, it's it's completely dependent on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so, Father, I pray for anyone who's here who does not know salvation, that today would be the day of salvation. That today they would simply cry out to you and ask for your forgiveness and ask you, Lord Jesus, to be their Lord and Savior. And that they would be reassured with the hope of being joint heirs with Christ of all of your riches. Help us, Lord, to live life with joy in our hearts, with hope, with strength. Lord, that comes from knowing you. And help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. And look to you as our reward and our prize. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name.